Hi, I'm Jennifer Mulholland. And I'm Jeff Shuck. We're the co-leaders of Plenty. Thanks for joining our podcast, Plenty for Everyone. Each episode, we talk with conscious leaders like you to explore abundance in work and life, fulfillment in head and heart, and ways we can all work together to make this world a better place. Hi, everybody. Thanks so much for tuning in to Plenty for Everyone. My name is Jennifer Mulholland, and as always, I am joined by my partner, Jeff Shuck. And we're in the same place. We are in the same place in heart space, actually getting ready to kick off a beautiful strategy retreat for Beam Centauri's advocacy group. Yeah, great. It's great stuff. We worked with them a year ago, and they're bringing their team of 10 conscious leaders back to spend another week with us, and we couldn't be happier but we have a special podcast. We wanted to get you this recording. Last week, we had a chance to do the keynote at the Responsive Nonprofit Summit that our friends at Virtuous put on. And it's like a 45-minute conversation about what we say, changing the world starts with changing yourself. But there's a little twist in there that we want you to listen for. And it was just a fun, it was a fun conversation and a meaningful conversation for us because a lot of the content is from our forthcoming book. Yes, it was lovely to talk about and inspiring to give. I think it's great reminders to us. We always share what we need to be yes. reminded of and learn ourselves. And it really talks about, you know, what are we in control of in an uncontrollable world? And when we're living through such change and disruption and uncertainty, where's our grounding? And we can look to ourselves to find that in awareness in alignment and with intention. So um, it was really amazing to be introduced and welcomed by Brian Funk, who mm-hmm. was one of our past um, Plenty employees and teammates and team members. And we think so highly of him. And it's so fun to see him succeed and shine and um, introduce us on the main yeah. stage. So that was really fun to there's be a, a lot, part of. There's a lot of great Plenty alums out there. So Enjoy this special edition of Plenty for Everyone. I think this is episode 42 or 43 or whatever. Your podcast feed will tell you. As always, if you like what you hear, please leave a review. Um, Please subscribe. And most of all, share it with your friends. And we'll see you in a few weeks for the next episode. Thanks, everybody. See you soon. Welcome back to the Responsive Nonprofit Summit. I am so thrilled to welcome my dear friends, mentors, colleagues, the principals of Plenty, Jeff Shuck and Jennifer Mulholland. They are the leading hearts and minds on what does it mean to be a conscious leader? How do we show up in the world when the pressures continue to increase? And how do we maintain who we are while still driving value to our goals, our KPIs and our mission? They are gonna dive deep into conscious leadership and why changing the world begins with changing yourself and who you are and how that ripples out and impacts the people around you, your team, your friends, your loved ones, your beneficiaries, and beyond. Jeff and Jen, welcome to the main stage at Responsive Nonprofit (laughs) Summit. We're so pumped to have you here. So glad to be here. What an introduction. Brian, we miss you, love you. Thank you so much for that amazing introduction. And hi, everybody. Thanks so much for choosing this session and for spending your time with us today. As Brian said, I'm Jennifer Mulholland, and this is Jeff Shuck. We're the principals of Plenty. 
where we help conscious businesses and conscious, conscious leaders like yourself grow in so many ways. And today we're going to talk about how changing the world really starts with changing ourselves. And we'll explore that through the lens of what it means to be a conscious leader and how we can practice some of these themes in our work life, our personal life, and our whole life. So what we've done is um, gathered some resources for you that you can go visit after this workshop or later today if you want to tune into this um, presentation another time or share it with somebody else. Um, tune into how you practice being a conscious leader. We've got some tips and tools and meditations and our podcast. So please go to plentyconsulting.com forward slash responsive that can help you practice the themes of conscious leadership of what we what we talk about today. So without further ado, I'm going to turn it over to my partner to kick us off as we dive into conscious leadership and how we change the world by changing ourselves. Thank you, Jen. Thank you, Brian. Thank you, everyone, for being here. It is fantastic to have a little bit of time to talk to you about things that we've learned working with leaders like you. And one of the things we wanted to start with is an insight. You're actually going to find some of this on the landing page that we have up here. An insight from working with leaders around the country and around the world. For about the last four years, we've had a leadership survey going on our site. And again, you can see the link here if you want to take it for yourself. The survey asked leaders and the people they manage 20 different questions about their leadership skills. Things like, what are you comfortable with? What makes you uncomfortable? When do you feel competent? When do you feel uncomfortable or that you lack confidence? And it's really interesting. Over 12,000 people, we have people of all ages, people of all industries, people of all backgrounds. And yet there's one commonality to their results. So I'm going to show you their results now. I know this is an impossible graph to see, so I'm only going to show this for about two seconds. But this is a list of the average responses, the average scores to every question, all 20 questions from the highest score to the lowest. The one thing that almost everyone has in common is they share the lowest score. And the lowest score that you can see is quite a bit lower than the average scores for the other 19 questions. And it's the score to this question. This person is comfortable with uncertainty. In other words, people either rating themselves saying, I'm really not comfortable with uncertainty, or people thinking of the leader that manages them, rating them the lowest on this issue. And it, it's uncanny that this is consistent no matter what your industry is, like I said, no matter your age, no matter your background, that this continues to be, if you take the assessment, we can almost guarantee that this will be your lowest score. Comfortability with uncertainty. Obviously, it's a great thing that we live in such a predictable world right now. <laughs> no, of course we don't. We live in a world that is maybe more unpredictable than it's ever been. And the last three years have seemed to be this ongoing lesson for us that we can't predict the future. You know, we've had, we've all lived through a pandemic, a global supply chain disruption, incredible political angst, a racial reckoning. Um, economic uncertainty that seems never to end. And just even recently in the last few months, the emergence of technology that's affordable and available to the public that is almost certain to transform the roles of almost all of us 
on the presentation. So this is a bit of a conundrum, right? That the one thing that even accomplished leaders say that they are the worst at is the thing that we seem to be called to practice more than ever before. And that's a big part of what we want to talk to you today about. And the irony is that change is speeding up. So all of these incredible forces of AI and ChatGPT that's emerging and these disruptive markets are happening at a quicker speed than they did a decade ago. But the grand gesture of invitation and a reminder is that actually change is the natural state of nature itself. We don't have to look that far to see evidence all around that a tree, for example, just naturally grows in its time a new ring over a year's time or a beautiful flower on some special day just happens to burst through the soil with beautiful color and vibrancy as it reaches towards the sun. Or in the fall, when all of a sudden the trees get a cue to drop their leaves and go into hibernation. Now, are they efforting? Are they making that change happen? Or is that change naturally becoming, naturally part of their growth? And that's what we believe, is that actually change is our natural state. And we've been kind of duped into thinking that we have to effort to grow. We have to do more to be more. But what if that wasn't true? What if we actually didn't have to try to change? And this is a little jujitsu or play on the title. Like what if we actually didn't have to prove ourselves or strive to be anything different than we are right now? What if we didn't actually have to work on self-improvement and work on our flaws and our traumas. And we're not saying that effort and looking at these things isn't important and helpful, but what if we didn't have to spend so much energy trying to be something that we're not right now? That feels like a grand opportunity to take the pressure off. And wouldn't that feel nice if actually I could just learn to be more of all of me that's what we've come to learn as we have led hundreds and thousands of people in our, in our businesses and our careers in that we've been seeking and we've been provers and strivers to accomplish more. But the practice today to take the pressure off ourselves, to lead with more wholeness, to lead with more calmness is this invitation to be more of me now. And that doesn't take a ton of effort. But what it does take is a remembrance, a belief, a shedding that I'm enough in this moment, that I have been perfectly prepared for the change that's coming, that I'm ready and I will be ready for whatever it is I can't see. Because when I look back on my yellow brick road that has been perfectly paved, one yellow brick at a time, I can see that everything has fallen right into place to make me the beautiful being that I am today. And what if that was on offer going forward? Could I believe that actually I'm enough right now to respond, to react, to breathe, to be all that I'm meant to be right now? 
And we're living in such an interesting time where there's so much noise and commercialism and invitation to purchase more, to do more, to be more. But what if we could have these moments of actually, what would it feel like if I could feel safe enough in any environment I was in to be all of me? What if I could know that I was safe and protected to speak my truth and shine my light? What world would I contribute to if I could be more of that? And that's really the invitation of what it means to be a conscious leader and harnessing these skills so that we can believe and be that we are enough right now and model that to the people we lead so that we can amplify their gifts, their skills, and their talents to do good good in the world just the way they are. So what Jen is pointing to is that there's some bridge between this idea that the world seems more uncertain than ever, and it's calling us to adapt, and the feeling or knowing that what if we had the resilience and capability to deal with the things around us already, that we didn't have to do anything different? And this at plenty is what we call conscious leadership, a term that Jen just used. Now, we differentiate it a little bit from what we would say is traditional leadership, leadership that many of you practice, that we've practiced. You've probably read a dozen or so books on leadership. Some of you have advanced degrees in leadership and you've read the tips for leaders and the checklists and the things to do. And all of that's important. We don't want to discount any of those things. However, we'd also point to in a world that keeps changing, there's no one checklist of things you're always going to be able to follow, right? In a world that you can't predict, how will you know what skills you need to practice or learn? And we would say conscious leadership is a different kind of leadership that instead of focuses on what leaders do, it invites us into how leaders can be. It's a way of thinking about leadership that's more about being, that's more about being interdirected than it is about learning a set of things to practice. And I want to say again, that doesn't mean that the leadership tools that you've practiced aren't valuable. What it means is they're not infallible. There's no book, there's no set of instructions, there's no set of management tools that's actually going to let you know what's happening in a week from now. So in that kind of environment, we need to rely on something else. And at Plenty, we say conscious leadership has three basic components. It's the call to be aware, it's the choice to be aligned, and it's the invitation to be intentional. And what we want to do next is talk about each of these things, maybe give you some chance to practice it a little bit on this call, and hopefully invite you in a different way of looking about not only yourself, but the kind of leadership you can be for the people around you. So the first practice, this call to be aware, really exposes our own natural gifts, our gifts of perception, our gifts of noticing, our gifts of hearing, of sensing, of seeing, of feeling. Awareness calls to us to be more present. And most of us have heard agnosium to be here now. So why does that really matter? Like, why do we practice? Why should we practice awareness? Well, especially in today's age when information is coming at us and cues are coming at us um, at an exponential rate, 
often we're multitasking. We're getting interrupted either by chats and our screens or our kids or a phone call that comes in. And we're, we're constantly being hijacked from this moment. But we can always choose to bring ourselves back to notice what we notice. And when we do that, when we can see, sense, hear, feel more outside of ourselves, the cues, the synchronicities, the things that look like happenstance, but they, they kind of come in a series of coincidences and we notice them, the same thing happens with ourselves inside. What cues our bodies are teaching us? When do we feel hot? When do we feel uncomfortable? When do we lean in? When do we lean out? These are all cues of awareness. And why it matters is when we can really practice attuning to these signals outside of ourselves and within ourselves, in our relationships, in the teams that we lead, the body languages, the mood, the feeling in the room, the words people use, we, we tap into something, a fabric of connection, and we start to connect the dots. That something over here that seemed like they didn't fit in anywhere else connects to something else. And that's what leaders do. They make connections. They listen. And they, they respond in a way that's more intentional to the people that they lead. So when we can heighten our awareness, the, we're able to take in more. We're able to see and sense more. And we're able to connect the dots so that we can lead ourselves and lead others with more intentionality. Hmm. I love what you're pointing to, Jen. And two other points I want to make about awareness before maybe we try to practice it all together. The first is, Jen gave you a list of things that you can be aware of, you know, how you react to things, what your emotions are. One of the biggest things we work with our clients about is being aware of your own internal narrative right? On the conference today, you're going to go to a lot of different sessions and you're going to hear a lot of people speak, but no one's going to speak more or longer or loud, more loudly than you speak to yourself all the time. I'm not sure I buy what he's saying. Oh, I'm uncomfortable. I wish I had a bigger breakfast. I need another cup of coffee. These constant things that we are saying to ourselves are actually something that when we create awareness about them can be really illuminating. We start to see that we kick ourselves a lot. We start to see that we psych ourselves out of meetings and when we don't need to. We start to see that we tell ourselves words that aren't encouraging. So the first thing is bringing awareness here before we even bring it around us. That's one point. The second point I want to make to what Jen said is awareness is different than judgment. And a lot of the leaders that we work with struggle with this initially because what are we taught that leadership is about? Making quick decisions making snap judgments. Yes, those things can be important, but actually judgment and decision work against awareness at this stage, right? Awareness is about seeing things with neutral eyes, not needing to make information good or bad for you yet. We'll talk about that next in alignment, because if we jump to that space, we miss things. We miss great opinions from people on our team. We miss the accidental cues that end up being powerful moments of synchronicity that Jen is talking about. 
So awareness is different than deciding what to do about something you're aware about. And it's different than labeling things. It literally is about opening your eyes to be present to what's around right here, right now. Yeah, and when we can harness the ability to be present and practice presence, because it is a practice, we we harness the tool of awareness, which actually has a real benefit to leadership. Imagine you are distracted on a on a team meeting on Zoom and people are talking and you miss something that was said. And you kind of feel embarrassed because you missed some important point that now everybody is referring to. Well, typically what needs to happen is you need to ask, hey, could you repeat that? Because I missed it. Or oftentimes people don't even ask for that information to repeat it. And then guess what happens? There needs to be another meeting about the meeting we just had because we're not present. So when we are present, we, we digest, we absorb, we embody, and we are able to retain the information, which makes our leadership way more productive and time efficient. And it applies to everything in life. And we have our greatest tool, which is our body, to teach us how present are we. Oftentimes, we're so running in our head that we forgot, we kind of check out or disassociate from our greatest wisdom tool, which is our bodies telling us, are we really here? What's going on? How do I feel about the situation, this meeting, this talk? So we're going to practice this a little bit right now in terms of really embodying what awareness means. Now, some of you may do this on a regular basis, and some of you may not and need an invitation to slow down, to tune in and to check in. So if you're driving, please don't close your eyes, but if you're in a place where you can close your eyes and join me for a moment and just listen to my voice as you take your awareness from outside to inside, off the computer screen and allow yourself to take your attention inward. Now just notice the furniture that you're sitting on or the floor or earth that you're standing upon. Maybe notice the quality of the air that's in the room around you. Notice the noises. Maybe you have music on or you hear conversations in another room. Or maybe it's still and silent. Just notice your breath. This gift of life we've all been given today to be alive and awake and used for the highest and greatest good. Notice if your belly is expanding as you breathe and maybe you deepen it. You deepen your inhale and exhale as you start to come into this moment more deeply. Your shoulders begin to relax and you feel your energy and your awareness start to travel downward as you get heavier in your own body. This beautiful vessel you were given today 
in this lifetime to lead and to learn, to do and to be. And then with your awareness, just imagine you can take your attention and your energy all the way down to the center of Mother Earth, where you feel grounded, supported, nourished, and nurtured. Where your ideas and creations are planted in the soil to blossom when they are meant to. And then imagine you take your awareness now from the earth down through your feet. You travel back up through the center of your being and out through the top of your head. And your awareness now finds the center of source, whatever you imagine that to be. Maybe you imagine it goes up through the moon and stars, up through the central sun and out through the galaxies. But just imagine for a moment that your awareness is connected above and below. And then in this space, in your heart space, you start to look for your own light. Imagine it's the rising sun in the center of your chest. And this sunlight gets brighter as it has a healing power to melt away any stress, any anxiety, restlessness, anxiousness, holding, as your shoulders begin to relax even more. And then you just send this light that you are your true sense of self out to all the people on this call, maybe to the teams you lead or the teams you are a part of, to the work and the causes that you do and care about, to your loved ones, your relations. Just allow the light that you are, this beautiful, bright, healing light to shine forth from within your soul out to the universe. And in this expanded state, tune back into the noises in the room, how your body feels in this moment, feeling the support of the furniture that you sit or stand on, the temperature in the room, the rhythm of your breath. And then when you're ready, you can gently wiggle your toes and fingers and eyes and come back. And whether you do this in your own time or you find another practice, just taking a moment to tune back into your true self, to how your body feels in this moment can increase the quality of your ability to connect the dots for you to 
digest the information that's coming in so that you can better align to the light that you are. And that takes us into aligning with our lights. Thank you, Jen. So about 90% of what we work with teams and leaders on is just awareness, is seeing what is without commentary, seeing, being aware of what you care about is one of the questions on the assessment we mentioned earlier, knowing what is important to you. Once you have that awareness, though, what conscious leaders do is start to make choices based on it. And that's where we get to alignment. If you've ever had a problem with your back, you know the power of alignment, right? If you ever had a vertebrae slip out or maybe just a backache, and it's amazing that the change in a small bone in your body or a small part of your body can literally throw you out of whack. It can create incredible pain. It can keep you from being able to walk. You can't even stand up right. Well, that same thing happens in leadership, right? That there's these small misalignments in our lives, in our work lives, and our home life, in the big L of life that we all live in, an, hopefully in an integrated way. Small things that we know and tolerate that aren't in keeping with how we want to be. People that we keep in our lives that are toxic to us. Decisions that we keep making over and over that actually don't work for us and we know it. Choices that we make for our organizations that actually don't help the organization move to the goals that it says it wants. All of those things are examples of alignment decisions. So alignment is about once we are aware, right? Once we see, we ask the question, does this work for me? It's as simple as that. We don't even have to make any decisions yet. But alignment is about raising our hands and saying, I'm going to take agency in my own life and just ask if this thing, this person, this relationship, this choice that I'm making works for me. One of the easiest tools that we can use to practice this in any moment is a simple question. Do I feel expanded or am I contracted? You'll notice that when you go into a room or when you're in a conversation, you may be leaning in, you may open up, you may talk louder, you may feel energized. Those are all signals of feeling expanded. When you feel contracted, you may cross your arms, you may procrastinate, you may avoid, you may want to get the hell out of the room or leave the meeting. You may find yourself wanting to be distracted because the conversation at hand is too boring to capture your attention and it just doesn't align to who you are. So a great practice tool is, do I feel expanded in this moment or do I feel contracted? And to Jeff's point, it doesn't need to have judgment around it. It just is or it isn't. But again, tuning into your body signals, this incredible tool of wisdom that is telling you in every moment whether you feel expanded or contracted, and then you can make choices about how you lead others and how you lead yourself in that moment, according and to the answer. A really quick exercise for you to do along this. We won't take time to do it now, but it will only take you a few minutes after this session if you want to do it sometime today. Take out a sheet of paper and draw a line in the middle and a line across the top and write. So you have two columns and in one write, this expands me and this contracts me. Or if that language doesn't work for you, you can say, I like this and I don't like this. And just bringing awareness, one, to what you like and what you don't, 
And then writing down what choices could I make about this? You know, a common mistake we see leaders make at all levels of organizations is they end up getting where they're at because they're good at something. So they're good at marketing. So they end up running the marketing group or they're good at sales. So they run the sales group or they're good at fundraising. So they end up having 20 fundraisers report to them. And then they delegate the thing that they were good at to everyone else. And what are they stuck with? All the shit they don't like. So just being aware of something of like, wait, do I like doing this? That gives you a cue as a leader of how to align your duties around it. Maybe I retain the duties that I like doing and I delegate the duties that I don't like doing because you're probably a lot better at the things that you like than the things that you don't. So it seems simple, just like awareness and being present and seeing what is seems simple because these are simple things. We jump over the simple things sometimes to get to the complex things. But in a world that's complex, we don't need more complexity. We need more simplicity. So that's an exercise for you to try when we're done. And those two things take us to the power of intention. Yeah. And where, how intentional are we where we spend our time, I think is a great point mm. about being aligned. We have so many Lantern graduates from our, our leadership retreat that we host in Park City, Utah. And many of them have had this aha. Oh, my gosh, I sit on 12 different boards. Why am I doing that? And that time spent is not aligned to where they want to spend their time. So we want to just unpack intention. And this is a choice that we all have in every moment. There's a difference between intention and goal. And a lot of businesses and organizations are fixated on goals, on goal setting, on creating BHAGs or the, the budget number or the fundraising goal. And it, it's not, we're not saying it's bad, but a goal is an end state that's measurable. It's fixed. It's, it's an outcome. Intention is the come from. It's how we want to feel when we accomplish a goal or when we set a goal or at the end of the journey or during the journey, it's way more about a feeling. And it, what's the power of intention is that we are actually more in control of it than we've been led to believe. Mm -hmm. We are way more in control of our experience during every single day, every single moment, if we can tune into what is the feeling I want to have at the end of this conversation, at the end of the speech, at the end of my day today, we allow the universe and we allow our teams to participate in creating that intention or that experience. If we vocalize it, if we let it be known, and sometimes we don't have to let it be known. We can keep it to ourselves, mm. but intention is how do we want to feel on the way through life, on the way through leadership. And we can set intention along with setting goals. When we do so, we invite more collaboration and more participation. And we will guarantee you that you will be blown away by the power that you have to create the feeling you seek. I love what you're pointing to. And let's give an example for people of goal versus intention that might resonate with a few of you. Let's imagine that you are on a fundraising team 
and the executive director of your organization says, great news, I've set a new goal for us. <laughs> Notice right away, first of all, we're already not talking about conscious leadership because conscious leaders involve their teams in the goals. But that's a whole different seminar. <laughs> Let's imagine that you're, you, you have a fundraising goal of $5 million, okay? And you're not sure how to get there. So imagine two teams with the same goal, raise $5 million by the end of the year. And one team sets the intention of, we're going to get that money any way we can. The other team sets the intention of, we're going to share our mission and the positive change that we're creating in the world with as many people as we can in the most positive way that we can. Imagine how pursuing the goal, which is the same for both groups, imagine how that process changes, right? Team one gets stressed. They start cutting corners. They start... In our terms at Plenty, we call it vacuuming money off the couch, looking for every small transaction they can get, hitting people up that maybe don't even care about the mission. Team two, what do they do? They get really good at understanding the change they're actually creating in the world. They get really good at listening to people who want to be part of that change. They get really good at engaging the community around them. Same goal, two hugely different outcomes. So like Jenna said, and like we've said again about all these traditional tools that we've learned, goals are really important, but goals are by far from being even half the battle, right? Most of your time is in, in, in the day as a leader is not spent setting goals. It's, it's spent pursuing them. And that's where intention is just a powerful tool for you to say, how do I want to be today? How do I want to pursue my work? How do I want to relate to my other people? How do I want to relate to the community that I'm engaging as I try to create positive change in the world? Philanthropy needs fewer goals and much more intention in this day and age. And the world that we're living into that's less and less predictable, right? Remember the slide of the person looking into the clouds? Goals aren't going to take us too far in a world that seems to change every three months. Intention like this picture, intention is the rudder that you can count on to take you where you are happy to end up, no matter how the goals change along the way. And we're being asked to, to grab the rudder. You know, the time is now for ourselves, as we talked about, to believe that we are enough right now to empower ourselves to set those intentions. We can set an intention at the beginning of every business meeting. We can put it on our agendas. We can voice it in a room. We can start a conference with it as Virtuous has. We can invite others into co-creating an intention that benefits all involved. What would that feel like to everybody participating? And that's within your control and that's within ours. Circumstances may be beyond our control, but the experience we have with those are. And that's the power of intention. So to wrap up our session, we could talk for hours and days, quite frankly, and we do. We wanted to just close off with the invitation of what we're being at called forth. There, there is a world of plenty calling us. And in our view, it's a world where there's plenty to go around, that we're not competing with each other. We're actually competing with a mindset called scarcity. And that actually we have enough right now that if we could bring more attention and intention to the gifts and the blessings we have right now, we usher in more to be grateful for. Literally what we appreciate 
appreciates. And what would happen if we could activate that engine? And then lastly, this underpinning, this idea that we are enough, you are enough right now, that the change we seek to see in the world really starts with being more of who we are right now. That's something we're dedicated to practicing ourselves and we're dedicated to helping others do the same. Lovely. And that takes us all the way back to fundraising and why you're here over the next couple of days. We couldn't be more grateful for your time. And we leave you with the idea that the, the orientation towards abundance is more important than ever in fundraising. Because as important as the tools are that we use, really fundraising at the end of the day is supposed to be an outgrowth of philanthropy, which we're sure that you know means the love of humanity. Fundraising started as this way of enlisting support for people around us in a better vision of the world, a world that isn't possible without us helping, a world that isn't possible unless we work together. The business of fundraising, which is really interesting and really captivating and sometimes too intellectual, too often becomes, as we said before, vacuuming money off the couch or looking for loose change in people's pockets, or hoping to optimize 1% or 2% on transactions. All of those things are important, but none of those things are about conscious leadership. Conscious leadership is about saying to people, I think the world could be better, and I think I could start with myself. And so to end where we started, we actually picked the title of our presentation with our tongue in our cheek a little bit, knowing that we were going to do a switcheroo on you, as Jen said that changing the world doesn't start with changing yourself. Changing the world starts with changing how you treat yourself. Changing the world starts with realizing that if you want to see more compassion around, you offer the compassion to yourself. That if you want to see more hope, you start with being more hopeful about what you can achieve. If you want more empowerment, you start tapping yourself on the head more and changing the way you think about things around you. You're enough and we're enough. And together we build the world that we want to see. And the fundraising will be a metric along the way, but it won't be the outcome that we're most proud of. So with that, we want to say again, we invite you to our site. There's a ton of wonderful resources here. There's meditations from Jen that are 10, 12 minutes long that don't have another conference in the background. There's wonderful blog posts. There's a leadership assessment that we told you more about, and we'd love to see what you think of it, and a whole lot more. So we hope that you'll come by and say hello to us. It's been a pleasure to be here, and maybe, Jen, I'll give you the last word. Thank you so much for tuning in, and have a wonderful rest of the conference. Thanks again, Virtuous. We really appreciate our partnership and all the good things you're doing in the world. We'll see you soon. Jeff and Jen, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for bringing the message of hope, abundance. I can tell you firsthand, I have been to all of those resources. I have been within the hall, the walls and the halls of their retreat center and heart space. Uh, Jeff and Jen were transformative in my own story and helping me recenter back to myself, helping me reignite my passion for this work and what we do, and ultimately how to take care of myself in the midst of working to solve some of the greatest challenges that face our world. And so thank you, Jeff and Jen. I cannot recommend the resources that they've provided enough. Please head to that URL. And thanks so much for sharing your heart and your passions and your wisdom and your space and your presence here with us at the Responsive Nonprofit Summit. Always a pleasure. Thanks for tuning in. 
Join the conversation and learn more at www.plentyconsulting.com.